Let's talk about Noel Clark and the allegations of sexual harassment. Let's also discuss why miscarriage rates are over 40% higher in black women. What about putting diabetes in remission and a whole lot more? This is Pablo from Hackney and this is Pablo's podcast. Thank you for choosing Pablo's podcast today. Welcome. If you correct your mind, the rest of your life will fall into place. Laosu. So, we're here again. It's episode 54. I st- I s- it still amazes me that I've been doing this for 54 episodes, but we're here. And I'm still enjoying it, still loving it. Um, excellent. So, episode 54. So, what's happened this week? So, the Oscars. The Oscars actually happened last weekend, but it was because they broke it up into... It was on different days and stuff. I couldn't really talk about it then in full, so I thought I'd leave it to this week. So, yes, um, my wish came true. I think it was kind of obvious it was going to happen anyway. But Daniel Kaluuya, he won um, for his role in Judas and the Black Messiah. So hats off to him. Excellent. He's had an absolute sterling year, you know. Big, big, big respect to him. You know, shining example of you know what you can do you know you, with your creativity put yourself in the right place give it your all he's been in so many um good movies you know considering he, you know he's a young man from from london he's gone out into the big world and he's done his thing he's made his mother proud and his whole family so hats off to him and yeah so and we've also got what we've got coming up the virgin media baftas um which takes place on the 6th of june um, so, and that's also, well, in fact, also there's the Television Craft Awards, which happens on the 24th of May. So that obviously comes before. But um, John Boyega, another English lad um, who's done really well for himself, he's been nominated for his role in Small Axe, um, the episode which was based on Leroy Logan's um, life experience. Um, I think the episode was called Red, Red, White, and Blue. So he's up for award on that. Um, and also, also Steve McQueen for producing Small Axe. He's also up for award. I've got no doubt Small Axe is going to win an award. You know, there's a, I know some people didn't like certain episodes, especially the Lovers Rock one. But as a body of work, I, I think it was amazing, the whole thing, as a whole body of work. So I've got no doubt he's going to win some kind of award somewhere. So I hope they both win something. So there's that. And then also uh, Big Nasty. And for the Big Nasty show, he's up for an award as well. So good luck to him on that as well. He's a very funny guy. Um, them, them memes with him just laughing, just laughing alone. It doesn't even need the sound. Has me in tears and gives me belly cramp every time I see them. So, um, so yeah, I hope he wins as well. Good, good on him. And, he, you know, for him to transcend uh, the music scene, you know, the grime scene and everything else to, to kind of be a comedy personality slash grime artist is, is amazing as well, you know, opening new doors and, and showing different ways how things can be done. So hats off to him and I hope they all do well. So um, I've got loads, I mean, loads of old trainers from many moons ago. I was a real trainer freak. Um, and to be fair, once they got too worn out or whatever, I'd, I'd just throw them in the bin. But Finding out that Kanye West's original Yeezy trainers that he wore 
have gone on sale and they've auctioned and he's got 1.3 million for these trainers that he used to wear. So um, I think that that's amazing, you know, broken all kinds of records. Um, I think the, these, obviously these have got a story, more of a story to me, is Kanye West after all. But um, he's, so my, my trainers, I'm sure they wouldn't get that. But, you know, who knows? In time to come, they might be worth something. You never know. So I'm definitely going to be keeping my trainers and, and looking for some of my older ones. Just put them in the attic and just leave them there. And you never know. They might, be, they might change my children's life in the future. But, um, but yeah, his ones, he, he actually wore them for, on the Grammys 20, 2008. So, um, so yeah, he's 1.3 million. For a pair of old trainers. Wow, who knew? Who knew? Um, so they were, he's, with his combination with, um, oh, not combination, collaboration with Nike Air, um, the Yeezy One prototypes. Um, so, yeah, he, um, he, I think there was, an, there was a, yeah, there was another pair prior to that. that yeah, that's right. The, the Yeezy One prototypes um, beat the, no, let me get this right. The Yeezy One prototypes are the ones that won, that actually made the 1.3 million. But prior to that, um, Air Jordans, Nike Air Jordan, um, sold for like I think it was like half a million. So, so yeah, you, Kanye's Kanye's trainers has beat that that trainer. So, yeah, amazing, amazing what old old garments can um, bring you. So yeah, don't don't. There's there's something to be said for hoarding, somewhat. So, also, um, there's been a coin, a gold coin, a £10,000 gold coin um, being made in the UK. Um, it's just been finished. It weighs £22, produced by the Royal Mint. So, this giant coin, um, £22, yeah, that's like 10 kilos. That is massive. That's like, yeah, 10 kilos. Put two of them on a barbell, you could, you could train with that. Expensive training session. But, yeah, um, to, yeah, 22, uh, 10K um, coin, it's made out of gold. It's the, don, the, the, the denomination is £10,000. So that's the, you know, rather than being a pound coin or a two-pound coin, it's a £10,000 coin. Um, the Royal Mint said that it took 400 hours to produce. It's like eight inches um, wide. Um, yeah, so it's, it's, a big, it's a big plate. Um, but basically, it's to mark the Queen's Beast commemorative um, coin collection. So I didn't really know too much about this Queen's Beast collection. Let me just say collection, the Queen's Beast collection. Um, So basically what it is, is um, when the Queen got married in, not married, in her coronation in 1953, the, the route that she took down at Westminster Abbey Apparently, there's um, 10 stone statues and they have some, you know, connection to the royal family and English heritage and whatever. Um, So and since so basically since uh, 2017, they've started to commemorate like putting out these coins, smaller coins, not the £10,000 one, but smaller coins started off um, with the Lion of England coin in in 2017. So now so this big coin is all of these different beasts, basically the different 10 different statues along Westminster Abbey, there's been a coin for each one every year. And now this big £10,000 coin is, has all of these beasts on this one coin. So that's what they've done. So it reunites the beasts in this one design. 
So I, again, like I said, I didn't know too much about this, but I had a little look into what it's all about. Um, and so the 10 different beasts are the Lion of England, and you would have seen these things around, like when you see the lion, that is its actual name. It's not just the lion, it's the Lion of England. And then there's the Griffin of Edward III. There's the um, the Falcon of the Plantagenets. I've heard of the Plantagenets. Um, the Black Bull of Clarence. And then you've got the Yale of Buffont. Then you've got the White Greyhound of Richmond. Then you've got the Lion of Mortimer, the White Lion of Mortimer. You've got the Red Dragon of Wales. And you've got the Unicorn of Scotland. And then you've got the White Horse of Hanover. So, who knew? Who knew the Queen had ten beasts? I mean, I don't know what these... I mean, I, I can see, I can hear what the, they're associated to. But I'd love to understand why they have these mythical creatures as, you know, have so much uh, prevalence in, in the in the English history and, and stuff like that. So, so yeah, but that's, that's what it is. That's, that's the coin. And even though it's worth £10,000, I mean, it's the fact that it's been made now, it's going to be worth a hot, loads more than that. And I think even just the weight in gold, I mean, I'd, I'm not even sure how much, yeah, that'd be interesting. How much is it actually worth? Somebody have to do the maths. But yeah, so that coin's been made. I don't know where it's going to be displayed and whatnot, but I'm sure it'd be in the museum or um, the beef eaters would be protecting it at the Tower of London or something like that. But yeah, so piece piece of history there, piece of history. So um, so some good news for the for the clubbers, for clubs, for the ravers. You know, summer's coming up, and the UK have started a uh, an experiment, um, doing some trials in Liverpool. So over this weekend, they're going to um, basically have events for uh, six thousand party goers. Um, there's going to be no. Uh, social distancing, no mask covering, nothing like that. But to get a ticket, you would have had to have a test. I think they test you before and after, and they, they expect to test you in the future as well, if you consent to that. So it's basically so that they can gather some data and see how clubs can be open in the future. Um, which I think is, you know, we're, we're going to have to do these kinds of experiments to find out how things move forward, because... Like I've said before, the club scene, the entertainment scene, but especially the club scene has been, it's been on pause since the very beginning. There's been no let up for them at all. So um, I'm sure all the club owners are watching this and listening with bated breath, you know. Um, but yeah, it looks like we're, we're getting closer to getting some more data and we'll, we'll just kind of see how it goes from that point. But yeah, the clubs, you know, they've been closed for like 15 months. It's a long time. Um, a lot of lost jobs, etc. Some of them probably won't ever open again. So yeah, um, but unfortunately, that that the good news of them collecting all this data and doing that, it comes with a little bit of bad news, and that is that um, there's been like a it's been a warning that the festivals that may have happened this year may have to be cancelled because they can't get COVID cancellation insurance. So you know, it's taken with one hand giving with one hand and taking with the other so it's um yeah but you know i'm sure things will change because it's, entertainment industry is a, you know puts a lot of money into the economy and things like that so i'm sure they will work it out but this is where we're at with it at the moment um and this this month is a obviously it's a significant month because on the 17th of may we're potentially going to be opening up the clubs and entertainment um and then you know by the 21st of june 
everything should be open with no limitations on anything if their numbers are all correct. So we'll be watching this very carefully, you know, because it, it does make a big difference to all of us, some shape or another. Um, so last weekend as well, obviously, it, it, things like this happened, these protests, you know, the protests last weekend, 14 policemen injured, um, they were getting bottles thrown at them and whatnot. I think there was over 100 protesters. Um, the police have put out pictures now of the nine people they're looking to, to arrest off of the back of that. But, you know, hopefully, if we can get everything back to normal after June the 21st, we won't need to protest about lockdowns, you know. But, you know, I, th I think we're used to protesting at the moment. We, there's going to be a lot of, even if everything gets sorted out, there's going to be a lot of pent-up tension about other stuff, so... If it's not about the lockdowns, I'm sure it'll be about something else, you know. So, so yeah, we'll see, we'll see how that goes. Um, across Europe, obviously, we're looking, it, once, the plate, once the world opens up a bit more, we're looking to go abroad. One of the favourite places to go within Europe for, for English people, as well as Spain, is places like Turkey. But Turkey's um, now preparing for their first lockdown which I, I, I actually thought that everybody had been through some kind of lockdown already. So I was quite surprised to hear that. Um, yeah, and it's basically at the moment, this current in time, this current time, um, they are at their highest, the, the height of their, um, their infections and deaths. They've had like 60,000 new cases um, a day and more than 300 deaths. So, so yeah, um, things are not, not as it seems, well, not as I thought it was anyway. I, I thought it was pretty much only India that was having the major problems at this point. So, but yeah. Um, but yeah, it's talking about India. They've, obviously their, their second wave is, is devastating. Um, the major cities like Delhi and Mumbai. Um, it's really sad to see the, the, the crematoriums, like they're, like they're using car parks as funeral spaces and, you know, cremating the bodies and stuff it's, it's really sad to see you know it's, it's, those images you I don't know you would have only thought you'd kind of see those in some kind of horror film or some kind of film but it's just yeah really sad like burning day and night and stuff like that but yeah India's really getting for it but the, the everyone's pulling together the world's pulling together sending them oxygen where they're short on oxygen and stuff but they're going to need a lot of help. I think, from what I've heard, it's going to take another three weeks, really, to see the full impact of what is happening out there currently. So, you know, it might get a little bit worse before it gets better, but there will be um, light at the end of the tunnel, for sure. But unfortunately, they've spoken about there being that triple variant there, which is basically a combination of three different um, COVID strains. Um, so, yeah, um, I'm not sure how... How uh, I think it's just an increased infection with these things. I don't think they're more dangerous, like more people die of them. It just seems that when you get these different variants, they're either less contagious or more contagious, which causes problems in itself. So, so yeah, my thoughts are out there with with all the people in India and the people in England who have got you know English, um, sorry, family in India going through it as well. So it must be quite hard. Um, yeah, yeah. So a report come out, well, yeah, a Lancet um, report was published um, after doing, doing a report with, I think it was 17 million adults, um, basically speaking about currently um, with, the sec with us, with the second wave that we went through, 
um, South Asians, people of South Asian background were at a higher risk of infection, hospitalisation and death um, more than black people because originally it was black people initially um, but on that second wave it's now, they've now collected the data and South Asians are actually worse off. So yeah, things have changed. I haven't heard much about that to be fair. I'm, I'm surprised they haven't um, publicised that on the news a lot more. Um, but yeah, that's, that is the, the current situation. Um, so the gap between compared between black people and white people is just basically narrowed quite a bit but as I said if you're in, Indian, uh, Pakistani from Bang, Bangladeshi background um, you're more likely to test positive, need hospital treatment and you're more likely to use, lose your life as well so these are the current statistics um, so yeah, we, we all have to be careful and kind of just Play, play it safe, you know, that's, that's probably the best option. Um, this week has been uh, the twice, they do it twice a year, Operation um, Scepter, uh, not Scepter, Scepter, Operation Scepter, which is like a national um, anti-knife campaign. Like I said, they do it twice a year, and it's like a week-long campaign activity focused on like getting the knives off the streets and ultimately, you know, trying to uh, reduce knife crime. You know, reduce people carrying knives, reduce people um, being perpetrators of knife crime. And as, as I've spoken about, I speak about it nearly every week, you know, youth violence and how that's kind of gone through the roof. So it's definitely something that's needed. Um, and especially, I mean, this week, to be fair, I've seen some horrific things come through my WhatsApp in regards to knife attacks, you know, people, you know, being attacked with knives, you know, this week. Um, I, I received them this week and they happened this week. I'm sure you're, you're aware of the, the murders that have happened this week. Um, so, but when, when, when I get these things on my phone, I, I think to myself, the, the people that are forwarding, because I never forward them on. I don't pass these, these things on to anybody. I, I pretty much delete them once I've seen them, if I even look at them. Um, and, <clears throat> but I do think people that um, forward them on, I think... Uh, <laughs> I think they're just not aware that by sharing these these images, they are going to they get back to uh, the victim's parents and the victim's family and friends, the victim's children, whoever people associated to them, and all it serves is to you know help them relive the trauma, you know, um, of, of what's happened. So, so yeah, I think people need to think about you know when they're doing these mass send outs of of these horrific images you know um it just you know eventually it will get to the people that are involved you know the the victims people um and it's not it can't be nice for them to see that that sort of stuff so so yeah it's just something to be mindful of um unfortunately we we have had um at least well one um death of a, of a young person this week um and my thoughts and prayers go out to him and his family so this is um junior ja um, 18 years old, um, died after being shot and stabbed in Coolfin um, Road, Cannon Town, um, just yards from his home on Monday. Um, so apparently a car, you know, somebody in a car has, has pulled up and, you know, jumped out and, and stabbed him and shot him. Um, only God knows what, what, what that's about. It's, you know, it sounds, it doesn't sound random, but that's just horrific, man. 18-year-old, 18-year-old boy. So... Yeah, my thoughts and prayers go out to him and his family and um yeah, 
it's just not nice. Um, whenever you hear young people dying, as, as I always say. And, you know, we've just lost um, uh, Jimmy Adiwoli, um, the young man who jumped into the river to save the woman. You know, obviously that wasn't, this is obviously not through, through youth violence, but it's still a lost soul, you know, um, and it's still sad. Um, but I, I do appreciate and I, I like the way that um, the powers that be are, you know, requesting that he gets um, awarded, you know, the City of London Police have asked the Royal Humane Society to put him forward um, for a bravery award um, for, his, for his bravery and his selfless actions, um, basically saying that that, that should be recognised. So that's a really good thing, you know, something for the family, for the, for the memory of him. Um, and then also a police spokesperson also spoke about uh, awarding him the commissioner's um, con- commendation yeah, the commissioner's commendation said so that's another award. I think that's attached to the police or, or what I'm not sure, but it's an award for his bravery. So so yeah. Um I think it comes from Commissioner Ian Dyson. So yeah, I think he should get all the awards and he, his his name should be held up high. Um and it's really touching as well to see how much money was raised for, you know, to bury him and for his family because he he was the breadwinner for the family. They've raised um, 158,000 pounds for him, um, so that's that's amazing. And so obviously touched a lot of people in the UK. I think they've stopped um, raising for it now, but yeah, um, that 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 just shows how how much it touched the nation. So so yeah, I hope hopefully he'll get all the awards and um, his name's remembered and held up high as as an example. Because like I said, I've said it to people a lot over since it's happened. It's although it's really sad. It's the fact that you know a young black boy has gone out of his way to do this. It, it changes the narrative. It, it it doesn't even change. Well, hope for some people it changes the narrative, but it confirms the narrative for people to understand that all young black boys are not bad. You know, by a long shot. You know, in fact, it's a minority that are. You know, just like it's a minority of young white kids that are bad, minority of young Asian kids, young Chinese kids. You know, it's a, these are minorities. The majority are good. You know, the majority are good, and and will do good things when when it's time to be done. So, um, so yeah, that, let that be his legacy for sure. So unfortunately, um, some some bad news uh, in regards to um, twenty women um, who who have put allegations against Noel Clark um, for for various things over the past well over the past his professional career um, uh, yeah allegations of, of sexual um, sexual misconduct um, and things like that so 20 women that's, that's a lot of lot of people you know saying the same sort of stuff but there are allegations at this point um, however um, ITV, Sky, um, all of them have halted halted any work with him. So he shows shows that he were in, that he was in won't be being aired at this point. Um, that he's been suspended from the BAFTA organization as well. Um, so yeah, um, I mean in his in his statement he's he said um, in his twenty year career he's put inclusivity and diversity at the forefront of his work and never had any complaints made against him. And if anyone he if anyone he's worked with has ever felt uncomfortable, disrespected, he sincerely apologises. Um, so, yeah, I mean, 
this people are going to look into this a bit more and, and see what it is. You know, the Guardian done a whole um, spread on it. Um, and obviously these women are, you know, they're victims, you know, at the end of the day. Um, and so, yeah, it definitely has to be looked into. But if he's found guilty of any of this stuff, you know, at the end of the day, he deserves everything he's, he's going to get off of the back of that, you know. Um, but yeah, definitely has to be looked into and, and dealt with because um, 20, 20 victims is, is not good. And I saw, I've only seen one, one clip. I saw a prank recently of um, a prank he was doing where he basically was uh, verbally coercing a woman to urinate on another colleague. Um, and even though it was a, a prank and, it, you know, the, the woman obviously didn't do it, I could see the power dynamic, you know. She felt like she had to do it. I think she was he, he was her boss at that time or, or whatnot. But just seeing the, the power dynamic, and what it made me feel uncomfortable, you know. And even without this whole report, if I had seen that before, I, I would have felt the same way. So, yeah, something wasn't, wasn't right in that, you know, even the fact that he, he did that, that, that type of prank. Um, but yeah, it, everything will come out. Um, and like I said, if he's found guilty, um, he de deserves everything that's coming. That comes with being found guilty of, you know, um, harassment and stuff, um, sexual harassment to, in, in regards to women. Um, he also said uh, in another, another statement, he said he's deeply sorry um, for some of his actions and will seek professional help. Um, but he vehemently denies sexual misconduct. So as I said, you know, all of this stuff has to be looked into because they're allegations at this point, but um, it doesn't look good, 20 women, you know, because that's 20 victims potentially. So, yeah. Um, uh, and I, last week I spoke about the Met Police officer. Um, he was the, f the first Met Police officer to be um, jailed um, for, neo for being part of a neo-Nazi group. Um, so that's Benjamin um, Hannum. And so basically he was found guilty on, on the 1st of April for his membership with, to the far-right group. Um, and he was jailed at Old Bailey for four years and four months. So, yeah, um, like I said, like I, you know, if, he, if that's what you're doing, you know, you deserve everything that comes with that. And, yeah, he, he's, he's got a decent sentence for that. Some, some will think he will need more, but, um, but at least he's, he's not walking the streets, you know, spouting out that repugnant rhetoric that he would have been doing prior um but the, the the biggest thing that really horrified me in regards to issues with the police and the public this week was um a police officer who has now been sacked for hitting a vulnerable teenage girl with a baton 34 times um pc benjamin kemp tried to handcuff this teenager um sprayed cs gas in her face um, less than a metre away from her. Um, and like I said, obviously beat her with this bat. And the girl was 17 years old like at the time. Um, and she was being escorted from a mental health unit um, and became distressed after she was separated from her group. And this was back in May 2019. Um, so, I mean, t so two things. I mean, just the fact that it happened, you know, is, is crazy to me. Um, but this was like two years ago. Like 2019, May 2019, that's two years ago. Um, I don't know why these things have to take so long. You know, it, it, it's obviously not right that you're, you're beating this 17-year-old girl and you're spraying CS gas in her face at close range. It's obviously wrong. 
but yeah, um, but the process is is has, has gone through, and um, the family solicitor um, said in the report that she like, deeply disgusted, deeply disturbing case where a black child with learning disabilities was brutalized. You know, and again, you know, the fact that this is a, a young child, seventeen, with um, with with learning difficulties, being treated like that, it's it just. And and then it t- to take so long to to deal with it, you know, to bring it to the forefront because this is the first time I'm hearing about this, you know, this week. So yeah, not good. It's not good. Um, but the solicitor went on to say, um, there's been too many cases of disproportionate force being used against, used by the police officers upon um, black members of the community, which is absolutely right. It's absolutely right. So, you know, wherever I hear about it, I'll I'll definitely bring it to the forefront, you know, so we can discuss it and, and, and bring it to light, you know, shed light on it and, and explore what we can do about these things, for sure. So, so yeah, I, ho- I hope they get um, justice, significant justice um, for, the, for, that, for that incident. Because, uh, yeah, I mean, I always say, like, anyway, yeah. Yeah, I, ho- I hope that g- they get significant justice for that situation. Um, but also in northwest London, a former police officer um, has been found guilty of gross um, misconduct. Um, Detective Sergeant Mark Tuffery, um, he was attached to the Northwest Commander Unit. Um, between, but basically, in between 2018 2019, he was engaging in inappropriate sexual and verbal written communication with another police officer. Um, and um, also behaved in an unwanted sexual manner towards a police officer. Um, also made discriminatory um, comments, both verbal and written, in the presence of um, other team members. Um, behaved in a discriminatory uh, manner towards another uh, police officer concerning their religious beliefs. So yeah, there's a there's a whole charge list of things this officer was doing. Um, but the the independent. Um, the independent uh, legal uh, people they basically found him guilty of this, um, and but what he's obviously done, he's he left the force like pretty much once it happened, um, so they found him guilty of it. I don't think it's a criminal offence, it seems, but they have said that if he was still a serving officer, he would have been dismissed without notice. Uh, I've seen that happen a few times where they they they, they emphasise that if he was so. In in reality, nothing happens to them. It's just the stain on their their name when they do these things, which isn't, you know, considering their role. You know, I understand it in a normal role, like you know, if you're just working for Amazon or, or something like that. I understand, you know, just the words. But when you're in a role of trust and responsibility and all of these things, the the the, the ruling should be different. You know, the way these things should be dealt with should be slightly different. I think, I think. But um, yeah, because a lot of responsibility and a lot of respect and a lot of a lot of power involved in these situations. So I think that makes the difference. So um, on another note, um, the mis- miscarriages um, of uh, miscarriage rates are over forty percent higher with with black women. I didn't I didn't realize this. Forty um, percent higher with black women, and I, I'm not sure why as well. I, I haven't looked into why that is um but basically they 
they're saying that black women um, face significantly higher risk of having miscarriages um, compared to white women. Um, and this is from a Lancet report, another Lancet report, um, where they collected the data on 4.9 million pregnancies over in seven countries, um, which is significant. You know, that's, that's some solid data there. So, yeah, it'd be interesting to, to find out why. Um, yeah, it's, that's really, really, really sad um, when, whenever that happens, you know, regardless of race or creed. But I'm really wondering why that happens more for black women. Yeah, so um, there are, they say that there's, there's a, there are a few things that kind of put you at a high increased risk and the increase, what puts you at increased risk is um, being under 20 or over 40, um, having previous miscarriages, um, being underweight or overweight, working long hours um, and night shifts, uh, smoking, you know, heightens your rate, high alcohol intake, and as I said before, being black, you know, just being black is, is, is a factor. Um, and you're also um, at higher risk of getting like blood clots and um, heart disease, depression, things like that. So, so yeah, it's, it's important. It's not nice to hear these things for me, but I think it's really important to know these things because if, if you know these things, you can try and mitigate the risk somewhat. You know, obviously there's things you can do. You can't stop being black, obviously, but you can ease off the alcohol, the smoking, the late night working, the overweight, underweight things, you know. So, yeah, there are things you can do. But, um, but yeah, that definitely has to be looked into a bit more. I mean, we've all got women in our life, whether it's our mums, daughters, partners, you know, we've all got women in our life. So we should all be concerned about those kind of um, reports and statistics and data, for sure. So... Um, Diabetes. Um, so I, I, diabetes has been a, a main thing in my conversation over the last couple of weeks. Cause I know a few people that have been diagnosed recently. Um, so it's something I thought, you know, I definitely want to speak a little bit more on it today. Um, and yeah, you know, I mean, people, most people know now that you can uh, put diabetes into remission. Um, you never, you never get rid of diabetes. From my understanding, you don't ever really get rid of it, um, but you can put it in remission. So I think the, yeah, the clearer way to speak about it is putting it into remission because I suppose if people feel that they've got rid of it, they may go back to old ways and, and, and not know that um, they're still at risk. Um, but yeah, so you can put it into remission. Um, and basically the strongest evidence um, suggests that the main thing is, is by losing weight. That's the main the main factor. Um, so, and obviously you can lose weight by changing your diet um, and exercising. For me, I find, for me personally, um, running, you know, that running and skipping is a real quick way to, to lose weight. You know, bike riding is really good as well and, and really fun a lot. Really, it's, I find bike riding a lot more fun, but it does take, you do have to ride a lot more you know, for a lot longer, but you can run for like an hour, 45 minutes or skip for 20 minutes and, and kind of get gains that you might get on a bike um, within a couple of hours, maybe even three hours. So, but they're all good. And, and at least there's options for different um, uh, strength levels and, and skill level levels and whatnot. So you can do different things. But yeah, but losing weight is the key. Um, and by losing weight, you can like reduce the medication that you have to take 
um, have your your better blood sugar levels and lower your risk of further complications because obviously having diabetes there's loads of different complications that come off of the back of that can come off of the back of that so anybody who's been diagnosed recently I would really really urge you to um, you know speak to a nutritionist you know um, get a personal trainer if you're not um, motivated enough to, to train yourself um, but keep moving and, and just stay away from the processed food and you know focus on losing your weight but losing your weight healthily it's not about just starving yourself and because that'll bring us new problems as well you have to lose weight in a healthy way um, but yeah losing weight from the research that I've seen losing weight is a key factor a key factor to put in diabetes in remission um, so uh, it seems like you know people are forgetting not forgetting but I, I, again I don't really hear a lot about the volcano in um, in St Vincent you know although, although it's not spewing out lava and magma and all of that it's still causing issues, you know. Um, around 15% of the island populations, you know, remain in temporary accommodation. Um, a third of the, of the country's agriculture has been wiped out. And I'm sure, I think that's their main source of income on the island as well, probably tourism as well, but that is um, a big, you know, a big, a big chunk, a third of their agriculture. Um, and then also... Buildings are, are have been destroyed, not by the lava or anything, but by the ash, the weight of the ash. You know, you can go online and kind of check it out yourself. The, the amount of ash that's landed on the roofs and just settled, it's caused the, the, the roofs to cave in. And because of the side structures, some of the side structures are not that strong as well. Some of the side structures have come in, but that's just through the weight of the ash. So you can only imagine how much ash um, fell through that volcano so so yeah there's there's just a lot to do a lot going on and on top of that now they're currently suffering with um severe floods so you know it's always one thing after the other for the people on the island so and there's and obviously there's still risks of further eruptions and mudslides and things like that but and you can obviously now understand how the mudslides will happen you've got all that extra ash that wasn't there before on top of cliffs mountains hills and whatever so you know if it's, if it's at the top, you know, it's very easy for that to, you know, slide down. And now with the water, it even makes it worse. So my thoughts and prayers go out to the people out in the Caribbean, in St. Vincent, and, you know, to all of the charities out there doing the sterling job, raising raising money, getting barrels sent out there. Please give where you can give, you know, because um, these people are going to need support for a long time. You know, it might not be in the news, but they're going to need support for a long time. So, yeah, let's not forget what's going on in St. Vincent. So this week we had a we had a full moon this week. Um it was the it was the a super moon. Yeah, it was on Monday. Um fourth full moon of the year. Um but yeah, it was and that, that particular one is called the pink super moon. Um and you know, you can look online again. If you didn't see it at the time, there's loads of pictures online, you know, beautiful image. You know, I kinda like photography as well, so I really appreciate those that imagery. Um so yeah, uh, this, that was the super moon for April. But we've got another one. I mean, well, before I even say that, the you know when when we see the uh, um, the moon looks so big, obviously it looks massive when it's a when it's a full moon anyway. But there's just these particular times of the year, twice a year, where you have these super moons, and it's because the moon does actually come closer; it passes um, closer to the Earth. So that super moon in April, it was like 
223,000 miles um, away from the, fam- from the planet, um, which is a lot closer than it usually is, basically. So that's why it actually looked bigger. Sometimes we see it look bigger as well. It's like an optical... Even when it, when it is a supermoon, it is an optical illusion because the ratios that we see isn't actually that... Yeah, it's a little bit complicated, a bit hard to explain. But yeah, there is a bit of an optical illusion that goes on with it as well. But yeah, it, is, it was actually a bit closer though to the planet for that time. So like I said, there's two supermoons um, every year. And the next one is the end of this month, um, May the 26th. Um, and that one's going to be called the Flower Moon. I'm not sure why. Um, maybe I'll find out for the for around the time it comes on. Sorry, by the time it appears, pretty much. Um, but basically, all of the moons have names. If you didn't know, so they they actually name all of the moons. The twelve moons, the twelve full moons we have every year, have all got names. Um, and yeah, and the one in June, coming up in June, is called the Strawberry Moon. Now, I don't know if that's going to help my strawberries grow, but um, I will be definitely correlating the time and looking at my strawberries and seeing if there's any significance um, in that. But yeah, that's that's what's coming up. So, yes. So um, I'd just like to also say thank you so much to the people that have supported the podcast, um, you know, buying the T-shirts and uh the, the mugs and the, the hoodies. Um, and yeah, no, I really appreciate people buying the mer- merchandise and supporting, supporting the podcast. It, it means a lot. Um, and yeah, it just helps me to continue doing what I'm doing. And we've got some um, baseball caps um, going to be on there, possibly by the time you hear this. In fact, it will be. By the time you hear this, you'll be able to um, purchase a baseball cap and keep the sun out of your eyes over the summer because the summer is here, it is coming, slowly but surely, even though it's getting super cold at night time, um, I'm still really waiting, personally, I'm really waiting so I can start planting my um, my fruit and veg, you know, luckily my kale, kale obviously grows through the winter period, so that's that's come up anyway, based on what I planted last year, so I'm able to have that, but I do want to start getting my seeds in the ground, and you know, just start doing my gardening bit, but as long as, the the cold is staying with us at night it doesn't make any sense because it would just kill the seeds and usually usually by mid-april the the last frost has already happened but for some reason it's dragged on this year so yeah um so so yeah but um but yeah thank you thank you for you know like i said sharing the podcast and everything else and hopefully you can share it with people that are not familiar with the podcast and yeah join me on on clubhouse as well um so thank you again for choosing pablo's podcast today and hopefully you can join me on the next one until then take care and be nice to each other thank you for listening to pablo's podcast i'm pablo from hackney and you can catch me next week for more healthy discussion